It's the 90s to now with John Deering. What is the 90s to now? It's my weekly radio show on 100.9 2BACR Sydney. It's about the news, music and talking about the 90s to now. Thanks for listening to my podcast where we feature some of the musicians and interesting people that I interview each week. Well, we're up to that time of the show when we get to talk to a uh, Aussie artist of the week, but it's slightly different this week. I've got an Australian author in the uh, studio. He, uh, his name is B. Michael Radburn, and he's uh, probably, he's re- he's written uh, a series of books, uh, including his most recent called. Well, I get him on to chat. Hello, uh, thanks for joining us, Babs. Uh thanks for having me, John. It's great to be here. Absolutely, pleasure. Now. Now, you're, you're, this is the third book in your trilogy. Um, now, tell everybody, it's the name of the book is called The Reach. That's correct. Uh, on the tale of uh, the crossing and the falls. Yeah. Mm, that's that's my little thing. I started with the. Yeah, well, that that's good. <laughs> so, now, you, tell us a little bit about you. you. You sort of started writing yourself in about 82. That was your first uh, book that was out when you were just 23. And... So you've had a career of um, like doing things such as editing, uh, like horror and fantasy magazines and stuff. Yeah, so I, I cut my teeth back back then in on the speculative markets uh, as a young man. Remember, but um, so yeah, I was a great fan of Bradbury, Block, Stephen King, um, all of those. So that was the inspiration. I think as a boy, you're also sort of exploring that sort of darker side of life. Sometimes it was. It was a good way to, uh, as an outlet, and, and even more so when I started writing it. And, uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get my first piece published, um, short story, back in about 82. Okay, great. And then you did romance books. What's this? Uh, yeah, no, not books. It, it um, So that early career of writing short stories... It uh, took me to some wonderful places uh, around the world, and I was doing okay with that. Um, then there was a little bit of a hiatus while I uh, the fam- well, I had my family, um, it was marriage and family. Um, but then having to scratch that itch again, I was looking for an outlet and, and possibly a paying one. Um, when I came across Woman's Day, my wife's Woman's Day, and I thought, I read those stories a few times, and I thought, oh, I could do that. <laughs> Uh, and I think there was about two misses and then I got a hit um, and that was the beginning of a 10-year uh, relationship with uh, Julie Redlich who was the the editor that launched a thousand careers I'm sure um, and yeah 10 years writing for Australian Consolidated Press and um, uh, Channel 7 and um, a lot of the magazines out of there and eventually overseas in the UK it was a gold mine back in the 90s it was um, it was quite lucrative, and yeah, I'd found my niche in there. And you were J.O. Bryant. J.O. Bryant. That, that was because I wanted, I didn't, it, it, all of the stories I read were by women that yeah. in my wife's Woman's Day. So I figured I would have a pseudonym, but it'll just be asexual. So Jay O'Brien. Now the editor knew who I was, and, and all that. Yeah. So it was just a more a tongue and cheek thing to do that, and it just stuck. So it could have been Jane, it could have been James, it could have been Jack, Jack. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it could have been anyone. So that was, a, and and once I'd sort of stuck with it, that that was sort of twelve uh, months of that. But um, with the motorcycle journalism I was doing at the same time, that was under um, Michael Radburn. Uh, so it was a strange mix, a big hairy biker writing romance. And- <laughs> 
Well, of course, you do have that nice Harley. Yes, I do, yes. And my... you've got a banjo and a guitar. What mm. else? No, it... I, I also do a little bit of uh, mostly string. So it's banjo, guitar, uh, ukuleles, uh, different types. So there's a lot of chords to learn. They're not all the same. But also harmonica. I, do, I, I don't mind the harmonica oh, as well. Well, yeah. there you go. So uh, in 2011, uh, you decided you could write a book, did you? You said, I I'm going to write this book. <laughs> I did. It was probably a little sooner than that because the crossing it wasn't certainly wasn't an overnight success. It, it, I'd, I'd written it and I was really happy with it, um, and I got an agent. I secured an agent, a top agent, straight away, and that agent started sending it through all the publishers, and we had a few. Uh, misses, and then we finally got a hit with one. Well, I won't name the, the publisher because it's not the one I have at the moment. Um, and at the same time, got an option from a overseas film company, and things were looking pretty damn good. Mm. Um, but in almost in a heartbeat, I, I think it was a case of the publisher was hoping the uh, film company would pick it up, and the p- film company was hoping that the publisher would pick it up first before they committed, and eventually they both dropped it and my mm. agent dropped me and I was floundering so it went in the, it went in the draw for a little while and then um, again my muse my wife um, saw an ad in the uh, papers for uh, Pantera Press looking for unsolicited material and uh, the rest is history there you go so the crossing uh, was your first book mm-hmm. where you managed to tell people uh, a little bit about your now your, your park ranger is taylor bridges yes him. how did you invent taylor yeah well I, I i was into like i said early career of reading and writing was in the speculative fiction thing and i think that matured with age into crime um uh, of all sorts you know and there's there, there is all sorts of crime out there uh books in fiction um so when I, that itch was there, but I didn't want that classic main character in a crime, which is the, the ex-cop, the cop, the ex-detective, the detective, the, you know, the private detective. Uh, it, it's all been done before. So, and I wanted it, I knew I wanted it set down in Tasmania, in the wilderness. So it, it, it was a no-brainer to have a uh, park ranger. Mm. Uh, and that looking ahead for the series too broadens it to that Taylor Bridges with his expertise of those uh, of the wilderness um, on almost like a forensic side of things yeah. but, uh, could help the police with uh, the, any of these crimes. Um, that could have happened. That could have happened there. But it yeah. also widens the, uh, the platform for me to have any national park in Australia, all of Australia, or even overseas, if I want to take him there. That's right. Uh, now that he's developed into this expert, this go-to guy for the police, mm. but it also gives me that nice balance where I have a different um, protagonist with Taylor every every book, which is a, which is obviously a, 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 a copper who is is driving the story as well. And you just get that nice balance and mix. So I can I can mix that up to being like in the reach. He's a very willing policeman who has heard about um, Taylor's um, previous cases and is really pleased to have him on board. Mm. Uh, prior to that, he was a little bit... He wasn't unwelcome, but he wasn't totally welcomed in the, in the case in the falls. And with the crossing, I liked that beginning because he... He was down there as a. Uh, he was more um, accidental hero. He was yep. the right man in the wrong place. 
That's mm. right, absolutely. I'm, uh, having read the books, I know what you're saying. <laughs> now, um, what we might do is uh, we'll, we might have a listen to the first five minutes of the... Oh, by the way, these books are available just about anywhere you buy. You can, you can get a book, but also they're available electronically so you can actually read them on things like iPhones and iPads, but also you can listen to them as well, which is amazing. So I actually had to listen to your most recent uh, release, which is called... Uh, the reach um and we're going to have a listen to the first five minutes of it great and uh, i gotta say it really brings you in doesn't it and yeah we'll, yeah we'll yeah. talk a bit more about the reach after this okay great here it is here on the 90s to now my guest is b michael radburn there are places in this world that seem somehow tainted no matter how beautiful like blood on a diamond this was such a place captain samuel r devlin prologue Devlin's Reach, Darug National Park, New South Wales. A story is never far away. You just have to dig a little. The journalist tells the story, while the photographer shows it. But given the right photo, that one glimpse of time can speak volumes. That was Brewer Hutch's quest, to capture the picture that roared. Hutch struggled through the marina service station's front door, his camera bag slipping from his shoulder and spilling hot coffee all over his hand. Shit, he hissed, letting the screen door snap shut behind him as he eased the bag onto the veranda floor. Hutch sat, composed himself, licked coffee off his thumb and sighed. The morning sun, low on the eastern horizon, glimmered off the wake of the river ferry across the way. Its engine burbled faultlessly, a gentle drone in the crisp, quiet air. But the relative peace was soon disrupted by the squeal of brakes from a midnight black Kenworth hauling logs from the mill in the high country. Hutch recalled the sign he'd seen coming into town yesterday. Big River Logging Company. The Kenny stopped at the ramp's T-junction and turned off its motor with a monstrous exhale from the air brakes. Hutch squinted against the light, fished a pair of Ray-Bans from his battered leather jacket and polished them clean on the hem of his faded motorhead T-shirt. He held the glasses up to the light and observed the weary reflection staring back at him. His face appeared to be a decade older than his thirty-five years, the consequence of a restless night in an unfamiliar bed. He slipped the Ray-Bans on. Hutch knew this assignment wasn't a Pulitzer Prize-winning gig. Far from it. But no one goes on assignment expecting to take a prize-winning photo. Those pics come from the mundane. Is today going to be extraordinary? But the universe remained tight-lipped about the whole matter. So he sipped his coffee and eased into the calm. The Hawkesbury's tributary of Devlin's Reach cut its way through the lower portion of coastal ranges, its ridged fingers spreading through acres of plantation forests, filling the air with a perfume of pine, eucalyptus and brackish water. That's not bad, is it? That makes me want to read it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> so uh, that took a number of years to write, didn't it? Yeah, I guess about two years. Then we had the hiatus. An extra year added to it for uh, 2020 and the COVID thing where publishers weren't real sure about 
what to do with the new books at that stage. But um, it was a blessing in disguise because the publisher and I decided that we'll uh, we'll give it one more polish and it's a, and it's a better book for it. So mm. I'm really, I'm kind of happy with that. Yeah, as I said. Uh, I've listened to the book uh, purposely within the last week because I just would not have time to read it. No. It just, with everything going on, it just doesn't work. But it's so good on the audio book. I, yeah. I'm amazed how good they actually are. Oh, so great. I would listen to it in the car and then at work I had to listen and then somewhere else. I was at the gym, had it on the headphones and yeah. I was in the gym and stuff. So no, it's, it's amazing. Them. Yeah. And Rick Herbert's done such a, the actor has done so, he's done all three books and he's done such a great job those dulcet tones of he's and he's sort of owned uh taylor now and um he, yeah it's great well he does a, i won't say too much but he's, the voices he does is terrific it's like there could be four or five people in yeah. there and there's four and five different voices oh he's a yeah, he's a magician unbelievable <laughs> so um you've got you've got one highlight so far which is the crossing and how it was optioned uh, option for a, uh, yeah. a film tell us about that all right um let's go back to the beginning funny story so it, it has had some interest from filmmakers in the in the past and that's that's good and, and during that period early in the piece i was under the impression that an author has left it arm's length that filmmakers don't particularly like the author hanging around once it's been optioned and signed the contracts then just step away and let the adults make the film mm. <laughs> so um i think it was a few years ago i was at the sydney writers festival and um i was uh signing some books after uh, one of the panels and there was a gentleman in the far corner um who had a little satchel over his shoulder and he was uh watching me intently and watching the line um slowly reduce and he had a copy of my book the crossing in in his hands mm. so then he finally comes over and he just inundates me with this pitch on his film this film he wants to make and the how much he loves the crossing and it's just not done like that and i'm kind of stepping away saying no 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 it's a, <laughs> i'll give you a contact number and you know you get you'll, you can go through the publisher and the rights department yeah, no yeah. no he's saying i don't like doing it that way i don't like going through the gatekeeper i want to go straight to the author <laughs> then then he reached into his satchel and and i had this crazy split second thing that that this is how john lennon went <laughs> <laughs> imaginable <people. No. laughs> uh, but what he pulled out was um uh, a couple of cassettes uh, uh sorry dvds of his previous film yeah um and it and it was uh, the gentleman's name is uh john uh, Keddy, uh, um sorry james Keddy. Mm. uh sorry james um <laughs> And um, the telegram man he, that he'd showed me uh, had actually won a BAFTA award. So this guy was the real deal. And anyway, mm. so I did take his details. I gave him mine. And then later I had uh, dinner with my publisher. And we said, well, get him in and we'll have a talk to him. Mm. And uh, the rest is history. It was fantastic. So mm. the working with James has been an absolute pleasure he he asked me three times to write the screenplay three times i knocked him back simply because i've never written a screenplay sure i know it's hard you can't have i mean for every page is about a minute of screen time so you can't have a 380 page book no it's like 
three thousand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so that's. But anyway, he finally wore me down and said he'd help me with the script, and and that's what he's done the whole time. And we're really, really proud of that screenplay. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Right. Well, um, what we're going to do is we I asked you to pick some uh, some songs, and yeah. I thought we'd play some of them, and you can tell us a little bit about the stories behind some of these to you. So um, the first one we picked was uh, Cold Chisel, everybody's favourite, Kaysan. So what what does that well, picture give you? Yeah, well, I wanted to pick storytellers because I'm a, a, um, a fledgling musician myself and as much on a private basis, but I do love music is my, my thing when it's not writing or, you know, the Harley or the farm or the family sort of thing. But um, And Kaysan goes back to those days in the 70s sort of thing which was um, how I discovered Cold Chisel. Um, but but it's it, they're one of those storytellers that tell a story from front door to back door. It's not your classic uh, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, fade out. You know? Yeah, I understand. It, it, it's, it's actually got a, a beginning and an end, just like Dylan uh, from overseas and um, Springsteen, you know, that sort of classic thing. So I love the story it tells... Um, particularly means more to me now as a veteran too in the army. But um, one thing that I tell everyone that there were no Australian soldiers at KCN. <laughs> that was way up north on the DMZ, and um, it was famous, made famous for the siege of '68 or something like that. I think it was, which was an American uh, fire support base. So I've never quite got why they picked KCN. They could have rhymed. It. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great song, nevertheless, and it just gets you going. And they're just one of those great Australian storytellers. Yeah, you're with John Deering, and my guest is B. Michael Radburn. Uh, Baz, uh, good song that one. Great, you're right about the story in that. Yeah, that's right. No, that's great. That took me back. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to say, Chisel do write good. He did write good songs, didn't yep. they? Him and uh, they both, both wrote good stuff. So um, I, I've got to ask you this question. So how do, how do we how do we write our book? Do we write it on? Do we write it all down? <laughs> do we talk in a microphone? Do we type it out? What do we do? Okay, like I tell my students, the best way to write a book, one word at a time. That would there you go. Okay, that's how you write a book. Okay. No, what what I do is um, I need uh, I need a, a fairly clear synopsis um, ahead of me, so I, I will put some time in on that. But I learned a long time ago to leave enough space in that synopsis for it to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do a lot of detail on uh, backstory and even motivation those sort of things because I know that that will surface in the writing of the story so as long as i've got a clear pathway i'm happy to go down that pathway but i'm also happy to veer off it as as the story so let it write itself a little bit too let it develop Hmm. okay great well we're going to play one more of your songs which was it's eric bogle uh a reason for it all uh what's the story behind that one for you yeah this one i discovered eric probably back in the 70s late 70s on his early stuff uh, this was a later one around the 80s, and it's about... It's just so damn clever. It's, it's, he's, he's writing about our mortality. Um, and, it, and it is a bit gruesome, this one, I'll, I'll tell everyone. But, but it's also sweet and it's beautiful. But the way he writes it, it overlaps between two people's opinions of mortality and how they cope with that mortality. And it 
comes to a beautiful crescendo at the end where those two opinions overlap in the chorus and it's just such beautiful writing. Okay, well, let's have a listen to it and we'll come back and uh, we'll have a final chat. By 9, 2BACR, it's the 90s to now. My guest is B, Michael Radburn, Baz, and he's here talking about his brand new book called The Reach. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Baz, for coming in. No, pleasure's all mine. It's, it's great. No, it's a good, fun uh, in, little chat. Um, mm. Now, your book is available wherever you get good books, or even yeah. bad books as yeah. well, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, plus, also, it's available electronically, and uh, you can get audio version of it as well. That's correct. Now, fantastic for have, coming in. Uh, nice to try something a little different. Yeah. Now, books are always... People love picking up copies of books and stuff. So just like the feel of a book, I think. Well, that was one good thing that came out of 2020. More people are reading, and I reckon that's great. No, absolutely. And... Uh, as you know, uh, the trade that we both come from, yes. uh, I was always encouraging to, encourage to pick up something because they've got to replace it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks again, Babs. All right, you're welcome. The 90s to now, heard on 100.9 2BACR every Tuesday night from 7. Also, check out the 90s to now Facebook and Instagram pages to find out more.